four, three, two, one, and we are live. Good afternoon, Adam. Or is it morning? Uh, no, it's afternoon. <laughs> how, how is the weather at your side? Oh, not good. Snow weather? everywhere. Snow. Snow everywhere. That's about all. I when I look out my window, that's I can move my camera to show you, but there's quite a bit of uh, snow. There's no question about it. Five centimeters, ten. Um, it's hard to say. I would say at least six centimeters, and it, uh, <laughs> at least that. And it wasn't here yesterday morning when we woke up, but now it is. So, so it's not snowing now. I just woke up and I was there. It hasn't really even been snowing. It was overnight, but it is what it is. Canada, it is awful. Yeah. So welcome back, and it is. I'm really happy to see you. I'm really Thank happy. You. Adam. How has been your week? This week, last week, this week has just started. Um, oh, it's been good. It's been an um, interesting couple of weeks. I have uh, this Sunday, my wife is going in for a hernia operation, so that I have to deal with. Okay. But uh, other than that, it's all good. The kids are all grown up, so hopefully they don't cause me much grief. We'll see. <laughs> uh, are any of your kids into the mains? Uh, surprisingly, no. And uh, no. I'm embarrassed to say... Uh, no, none of them have been uh, even interested in really getting involved until they see the money. But even then, the interest isn't real. Um, so it's a surprising fact. It's one of those things where if uh, dad is good at something or mom is good at something, they're still just mom and dad and nobody actually cares. Even though other people would love to have time to spend with whoever it is in, in running any business uh, outside. Inside is just the guy to watch football with and the, the guy to eat dinner with. So it doesn't, ma doesn't matter how much advantage they have, the background built up, like everything is there, still. Their minds yeah. are somewhere else. No, they're just not taking advantage of it. And uh, it's, it's bizarre, but that's just the way it is. And I have four of them, and not one is uh, really interested in it. And so, so what I've decided to do is leave, one of them is graduating law school this year, so I'm going to leave him in charge of uh, the domains and the revenue. He's the only one I could trust to split it evenly four <laughs> ways. The others wouldn't tell their siblings they sold something. <laughs> Adam, how, how would you define a person who buys and sells domain names for profit? Um, well, there's, there's a couple ways to define them. One is some people try to do it uh, full-time yes. and some people try to do it to supplement uh, their income. Um, I think the ones that uh, tend to do it to supplement their income uh, enjoy it more uh, because they're not um, relying on those funds to come in um, to, to have enough money for the mortgage, the food or whatever else. It's always nice when you're working uh, another job and you've got a guaranteed uh, 40 a week, hour a week check and then anything else you sell is like gravy. It's like, oh, I sold an extra three grand today or, or yesterday or, or five grand. Or now you can buy the TV. You can go to the trip you want. You don't have to think as much as when you do when it's coming out of your daily uh, paycheck. Is, is there some personality trait like you would say, oh, you would be a good domain? Is that desire to hustle or... Um, no, there, there's a few character traits that do come in handy, but none that I've really seen in consistency with uh, domainers. A lot of successful domainers seem to be more outgoing and not afraid to pick up the phone uh, to actually uh, make a sale or to try to make a sale. Whereas 
a lot of other people will tend to be more passive and will sit back and just wait and hope something comes to them. Uh, the more aggressive you are, the more domains you'll sell. There's no question about it. So it is actually very clear. If you want to, if you want to have like profit, you have to go out. Yeah, I mean, unless you're owning uh, all of the best uh, top ten one-word generics or, or acronyms that you know people are going to come to you for, and you can just sit back and wait, um, you will need to be aggressive and try to sell it. Uh, the best example that I have is the recent sale of MD.ca. Um, okay. So yes. that was a a sale that I tried to sell to MD.ca to three or four different companies. I tried for about, I'll say, six to eight years. And then I gave them prices that were high um, five figures, or low six figures. Nobody was in, interested at all. And then what happened was Scotiabank, a large bank, bought MD Financial, one of the companies that I was targeting. And then after that, Scotiabank insisted that they buy MD.ca. And it was a lot more than I was even asking for for the really? previous eight years. So, yeah. So it was an interesting one, that's for sure. So uh, so you were asking less and they came in with a higher offer? No, they were asking less. And then um, I got to uh, understood who my buyer was and uh, obviously adjusted pricing accordingly for whatever the time of year or whatever the situation was. It wasn't a guaranteed price forever. Um, when companies sit and they don't buy a domain name, you have the right to raise the price unless it's guaranteed in writing for 30 days or seven days or whatever it is. So by the time they came back to me, I wasn't as motivated uh, to sell it, but I was definitely interested in selling it. So the price I gave them is where we started our negotiations. So good evening, good evening to everybody or good afternoon, good morning to either to a person who is watching a live stream or watching a replay. Uh, if you are watching this live stream, you have your chance to ask your question. You can ask your questions on both Facebook and YouTube on either the channels we are streaming. Uh, at the beginning, so we have part one where Adam will explain, uh, will share his knowledge, how to sell a domain name and about different tricks and more so. And after that, we will we'll jump into the live Q&A. So, oh my apologies. I thought I did switch it off. Here it's me. That's horrible. Hello. That's horrible. That, We're on that's TV. horrible. That's unacceptable. <laughs> that's, unacceptable. that's unacceptable. Okay. Uh, so, for example, a funny question. Toothpaste. Yes. That is a funny question. Um, I think I used the Crest uh, Extra White says it'll make it 10 times whiter than it normally is. And apparently it's either working or it's not working. Here you go. A question from, from Twitch. It could just be the, the screen. I don't know. <laughs> okay, and Adam. So now we are. Uh, so today is Wednesday, uh, December the ninth. Uh, the year two thousand and twenty is almost is almost finished, finalized. How has been your year? Um, well, it's been a good year, um, minus obviously the illness that's affected everybody, and, and I feel bad for that, for the people who have been affected. But yes, overall for online uh, businesses, I think it's been uh, a good year as opposed to your brick and mortars, which are having to close down, and we're seeing lots of restaurants and other businesses affected. But more people are coming online, more people are trying to start uh, an online business. Uh, for that, more people will need uh, domain names. 
um, and they'll buy domain names that are priced reasonably. Um, a new business won't go out unless it's huge and buy like a fifty, sixty thousand dollar domain name, but they will buy like a three to five thousand dollar domain name. And then if people are smart, they are looking at the situation and they're realizing what businesses uh, would boom in a COVID type of situation. One of the businesses that I looked at early was um, your takeout restaurants. Yes. So that's always been booming. A lot of people don't know which restaurants are open, which ones are closed. So one of the things to do is to set up like a little local directory in your area, uh, charge the businesses a, a small fee, $10 or $20 to be listed. Uh, most businesses will contribute to that and then advertise it everywhere on all the local Facebook groups uh, so that everybody knows because everyone's asking in those groups what's open, what's closed, who's the best to go to for this. And then there's all kinds of different uh, reviews for restaurants that people are asking about. You can offer coupons on the site. It's pretty easy to set up a quick uh, directory site and then go ahead and do something like that. That That is a great, that is a great advice. And then... You can get your and what would be a perfect domain name for your local so you, you could do um, anything like um depending what city you're in but i'll pick city something name? like rio rancho which is yeah city name uh, rio rancho is a small city in new mexico rio rancho uh, takeout restaurants rio rancho takeout whatever you need to do that that will let people know the domain isn't going to matter as much because you're going to put it inside the facebook groups it's just a, a good placeholder for you to actually build a small business that uh, could uh, take off very well. Okay, Another, Adam, yeah. uh, Adam, can we jump into the numbers about this year of yours? Of course, uh, if about, you, sorry, what, 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 uh, about this year, about year 2020. Oh, okay. Uh, how many domain names have you moved, purchased, sold? Um, I can't tell you that purchase always outnumbers. Of course, what, what we can, what we can, of course. Yeah, no problem. Purchase always outnumbers sold. So that's always the way it's going to be. But also, yes. if you sell one for $5,000, you can purchase 500. So, I mean, it's, uh, you could, you don't, <laughs> yes. yeah, you don't need to. But uh, I mean, I would say I've probably only had uh, this year um, what I would consider the big sales, maybe a half a dozen, but they half were substantial. Um, okay. A lot of little sales, which I consider to be uh, 5,000 or under, um, probably about 50, 40 to 50. So, so 40 to 50, 40 to 50, three to 5,000 yeah. range. Yeah. And then, and what are substantial, what are the amounts over 100,000? Uh, yeah. To me, substantial would be over 50 to 60 or over 100. That would be substantial. So and five, again, five, not five, all five, five, five or six of them, yes. Yeah, but they're not all on the same scale. Uh, a couple yes. of them may have been much higher than some of the other ones. But uh, I mean, overall, it it has not been a, a slow year for domain wow. sales. Yes. And there's still a ton out there that people can register and uh, sell today. And the other thing that I've noticed a lot is the drops. There are a ton of good names in the drops, both in COM and CCTLD drops, uh, because people have to prioritize and decide what's important to them. Uh, people should always be thinning out their portfolios. There's no reason to keep 100 or 1,000 names if you have no use for them and a business couldn't use it as a business name. I mean, I mean that seems to be the biggest problem that people have. They go out and they register a whole bunch of domain names. Uh, thinking it's a great idea or they get caught in the drops and they find a few they like and they end up buying oh, yes. 50 or 100. But the problem is, can a business 
uh, reside on this name and will people know what it is and or do they have to spend a lot of money in branding and things like that as well so um, that's always the trick is to buy the right names you're not going to sell anything uh, unless you buy names that have uh, that are sellable and that's one of the problems out of these uh five to six substantial uh sales uh all of them dot coms uh no definitely not um some were uh i would say two two to three were comms and the others were cctlds uh, canadian ones or other ones uh canadian one uh, at least two and then one was a non-canadian non-com uh, cctld could you share which one um but well the, there was one that was i think it was the same one we've talked about before it was about nineteen thousand uh euros or twelve thousand euros nineteen thousand dollars and it was uh al algerian yeah some i don't even remember what it was and it was only a couple months i think it was a dj i think it could have, I think it was dg.ag or something. DG, like yes, AG. And that's a lower end decent sale that I would consider to be a decent sale, even at the 12,000 euros, because I paid like $135 for it. So, wow, that is that is a good year. So, around six, seven hundred thousand in sales. Um, yeah. I, I don't know the exact number to be honest with you because we're not at the end of the year yet, but. Uh, no, I would say it was a, a really good year, especially with the MD.ca sale. So, and out of these ones, um, does the Pareto uh, Pareto law works? Uh, Pareto was the guy who came up with eighty twenty rule. Okay. So, did you chase did you chase sellers or eighty percent eighty percent K by by themselves? So like, I would say uh, out of all the names I've sold in yes. the last year. I would say that I chased 90% at least. 90%. Yeah. I mean, there was, there's even uh, some other smaller ones. Like I remember uh, AreaRug.ca, which was a CA. And there's tons of companies that sell area rugs, some called area rugs. And that one eventually uh, sold. Uh, but it had to be um, aggressive in uh, marketing. So, I mean, you have to, there's a lot of things you have to do when, once you get an offer. Um, or if you want to be aggressive and start to sell by external marketing, uh, it depends on what your tactic is. But you're definitely going to hold a lot longer domains if you're just going to buy them and sit on them, expect to pay a lot of renewal fees before somebody comes looking for you. And how big is your portfolio? Approximately. So it was it was uh, five, six years ago, seven years ago, it was around 30, 40,000. Yeah. Yeah. So what I've been doing is I've been trimming it uh, based on quality and it's down now to under 20,000. And one of the things that I'm doing is when I sell a good domain name, um, I'm banking some and then I'm buying and upgrading always the content and the quality of the domain names. So I may sell a, a word domain uh, like, I'll just make this up, like area rug, but for eight grand. And then I might go out and buy a couple two letter dot uh, CAs or, or other two, two letter dot anythings, put some of that money away. And then I have, not only have I sold the domain name, but I've picked up some better assets in my opinion than let's say area rug. That happens all the time. It's a consolidation of portfolios uh, for the future. So 20,000 domains, uh, significant sales of 50 to 60 domains. So let's say 55, 55 a year. And how many inquiries do you get? Um, 
so it's, there's a lot that gets uh, filtered out, but right now I'd say it's about um, five to 10 inquiries a day, but not all are worth responding to or are serious. Some of them are, you can tell are spam. Some of them are just, okay. uh, you get quite a few. So you have to filter them out and figure out who is real, who isn't real, and then uh, figure out who they are and, and what their budget is and if they have the possibility of even spending money you can usually tell by the first offer how serious somebody is on a domain name uh, that goes a long way to giving you some information what is a serious offer it depends on the domain name um, some serious offers could start even at a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars depends on the domain name if it's a um, if it's a lower end name getting a five hundred dollar offer is very good because then you probably have a good chance of getting them into that four to five thousand range but I've had uh, domains like uh, megacity.com that uh, started at a, like a three, four thousand dollar offer, went to ten thousand, and eventually I think it closed at sixty-five thousand. So you never really know uh, what it is. But obviously, if somebody's not offering you a reg fee or give me twenty bucks or a hundred bucks for your time, you've got a better chance of of getting off. But a hundred dollars for a domain like uh, anxiety.com is not as good as uh, a $5,000 starting offer for anxiety.com because you're not going to get there from a hundred bucks, but you may have a serious buyer for 5,000. I think I had an offer for, uh, I think it was 10,000 for dentures, dentures.ca. So at least right away, I didn't sell it, but at least right away, I know that the guy was serious about it and I could probably do some decent negotiating with him. We were talking about 20 or 50 or a hundred dollars for the name. So, so, uh, but you didn't sell it. I did not. His uh, his ceiling didn't go much higher than that. So I basically said, look, this name's not for you at this point. Maybe you should just looking at a cheaper name or even something new you can reg because this is not going to sell at $10,000. Or just remember that you have the name and call me back when you have better time. So well, that's more optimistic. That's that's basically what it means. It, it, and like we've talked about, it's not like uh, houses where if they don't like my house on denture.ca, they can go to a different house and buy the same domain name. They can get a variation, but denture is not the same as dentures. Oh, yes. And clean that, dentures that. is not the same as dentures. So whether they like it or not, I've been in this position too, where I have to negotiate with people that I may not like uh, just because I want the name. doesn't matter if I like them or not. It's not a personality contest. doesn't matter if they were rude to me. I may take it personally for the first 10, 15 minutes, but then I'm going to eventually three, four months later, have to go back and deal with the, the, the devil I was dealing with. It doesn't happen all the time though. Okay. Uh, so let us start getting into, actually we have questions in, we can allow a few questions that are related for selling domain names. What kind of marketing would you need to sell a domain name? Um, you don't really need uh, marketing. You just need to be able to do research and find out um, companies that would be interested in using your domain name to either switch their brand or to open up a new company. There's a couple things you can look at. There's uh, public registrations of new companies that come out every day. And you can look at that list and see what they need. And I'm not saying go ahead and grab like Adam's florist shop because it's an exact match. But if you own something like florist shop and you wanted to get them off to a good start, you could do that. Obviously, you're not going to infringe on their trademarks, but uh, there's lots of different uh, places you can uh, look for your domain name. If it's a, a domain name that has a word or an acronym in it, I still like to use the uh, in title and in URL search by Google, yes. which allows me to find if I have an acronym, let's say I have CMSI dot 
anything, cmsi.com, I can use in URL. It'll show me who's got CMSI exactly like that in their actual URL. Could be a subpage, could be anything. The same thing for the entitle. They may have CMSI, whatever it is. And, and I've, I've done the search for lots of those. So those help you narrow down companies uh, that could do it. Also, if you're interested in looking for a domain name and you're looking at something like uh, bo.is or something, you can look for companies, uh, bo, and type in companies that start with bo and Iceland, and then you'll find out a good list of companies there that may have some interest in it. There's lots of different ways that you can find potential buyers for uh, single, double, and triple, uh, and quadruple letter. Uh, and, regarding, and regarding the approach of marketing, approach. Yeah, the approach of marketing, really all you need is to have some uh, good custom emails uh, written that can either go one of two or three ways. One is that, uh, hi, I'm representing this company that owns this domain name. Go. Absolutely. Um, I'm representing this company that's on the domain name because of COVID. They're no longer um, in business and they're looking to auction off the domain name. And you are one of the companies that we feel it could be relevant to. So that could be one. Another one could be um, high um, and it could be anything. You could go after Hi, I've got this domain name. It's about, um, let's see, chiropractors in uh, Ireland or, or Belfast. It's Belfast Chiropractors. Um, I am getting leads to this page, and hopefully you are, and try to see if you can work something out to maybe sell them the leads for a certain amount per lead. Dennis, I know, will pay about $165, $135 to $165 per lead because if I, wow. go, to, because if I go to a dentist and I like them, chances are they're going to get me for life. They're going to get my wife, maybe my kids, and then maybe referrals as well. So certain businesses pay a lot more for referrals than others. Uh, pest control is huge for referrals. Uh, that's another one where you can bring up leads. And then eventually, if they see all these leads come in, they want to uh, purchase the domain from you eventually anyway, but you can start out by leads. Then there's different ways you can control the leads so that if you have, if I have a phone number, you can go to a place like Twilio, buy a phone number for a dollar a month, put it on your lead page, forward that number to the company, track the leads that go through your phone number, see which ones they close, which ones they don't. You can check their honesty. And now they think that the phone number is going to them, so they don't need you anymore, but you have control of the phone number. And if they cancel, you can just go ahead and switch the phone number forwarding to a different pest control company. So ha many... have, you, have, you, have you done it before yourself? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I know quite a few people that have done a uh, very good business just selling leads, but you have to build a page, you have to build a site and you have to optimize it so that you rank well for whatever service it is. It doesn't have to be pest control, could be locksmiths, could be anything in that specific um, city. And okay. you can concentrate on the smaller cities. You don't have to go after Boston, New York. You can go after the smaller cities where they all have service lists like plumbers, uh, locksmiths, carpenters, carpet cleaning. There's a lot of different businesses that you could bring leads into. So you build up a site. Yep, build up site. a quick WordPress site. Nothing, nothing urgent. And then you th then you buy a VoIP VoIP telephone number. Uh, yeah, you can get it's uh, Twilio is a company that sells them for like a buck a piece. You can get the best thing to do when you're doing a. Um, uh, services site is use a local number. Don't put a 1-800 or 1-855 number. Yes. Use the area code of the city that you're in so that everyone's calling feels like they're calling somebody local and not just somebody who happens to be like from some large company and they're just going to send whoever it is in the area that they're going to call. So 
and that number and that number redirects directly goes to to a possible customer yes yeah you have two ways to do it you can redirect it to the customer and monitor the calls and it tells you how long they were and you can also have the option to record the calls or you can uh, take them yourself write down the leads and then forward the leads over depends if you're a salesperson or not of course and if you want to do it really on the flow like for our work week then just uh, redirect them and then you can say look we've we've done some redirections phone just phone redirections and you you had so 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 many leads yeah sometimes what i like to do is i like to throw in the first uh lead or the second lead for free that shows okay. them immediate value and then from there they know that you're not just trying to you're trying to make money for both of you you're not trying to just sell them leads some people will sell them 10 leads and then they're all garbage leads uh, you don't want to do that. You just want to get money off the ones that they actually make money on. That shows that you're helping them grow their business, and not just you being selfish to sell leads. And what would be an email proposing this this kind of corporation? Oh, well, I would I would probably set up a, a company um, for whatever you wanted and call it local. Uh, I don't know, Alabama local leads, whatever you want to call it. So you have um, a lead thing, or unless you're going to specialize in an industry, then you can go after something like uh, pest control leads, uh, you, anything that has whatever brand you want in it. Ideally, you want to build yourself as the top lead generation company for whatever type of leads that you're selling. So if they're for locksmiths, if it's for limos, if it's for plumbers, whatever it is, electricians, uh, there's a list of about 300 different services that you can build and sell uh, leads for limos in Canada. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't work because there's very little money in a limo ride. Of course, and then the, and the customers are one-time customers as well. Yeah, so ideally, like, you I want see. the service to be like a thousand-dollar plus service, like fence builders, roofing, uh, things like where you can actually the fee is going to be good, construction, basement renovations. Uh, things like that where you know it's going to be 10 anywhere from five to twenty thousand dollars so even if you get a 10 percent finder's fee you're getting great money what is your have you got some kind of routine daily routine that you need to follow and then you'll say look i've done everything today as planned you know i used to think that i i had a routine and in the early days i did but now there's too many different things that pop up in the middle of the day uh, that adjust that but i always do the revenue affecting things first so if I need to send out a quote or I need to answer some domain uh, inquiries or I need to do something like that, I'll do that first before I get to the mundane tasks of just answering and replying to other things or other work or maybe I want to build a new site. I'll, I'll do the revenue affecting stuff first always. So you have uh, just under 20,000 domain names and how much time do you spend percentage wise in trying to sell them? Uh, that's a, that's an interesting question. I would say, um, more than I'd like, but not as much as my wife would like. <laughs> okay. Um, no, it's hard because a lot of the, the things that you do, you have to get done. You have to prepare emails. Uh, you ideally want to set up some sort of a sales funnel so that you can track something, uh, whether customers have potential clients have opened your emails, whether they're, they've passed it on. I mean, you can see if they're interested and they send it to somebody else, then you have a good tracking to see who it went to and how many people, or if they just didn't bother opening it or they opened it and closed it. You can see how many times they did. So a lot of times I like to look at analytics to see uh, whether emails were opened. Um, and then you can also use a, a funnel, uh, like something like a HubSpot funnel 
or I think it's HubSpot's free for the first few customers. You can set up up to six emails in a row and queue them by time to go out one in three days, one in one day, and then you can track your responses. But there's tons of them out there besides uh, HubSpot. Okay, uh, let us rewind then. Funnel, HubSpot funnel. Could you explain what it is and maybe basic structure of it and how you would work through it? Sure. Uh, any uh, funnel is pretty similar. Just what varies is the product or the service that you're trying to get in front of the customer. So what you should do is uh, when you're setting up an email to go to a customer, um, if you're doing uh, outbound marketing, you should set it up uh, a small, short email with some information and a value added uh, piece of uh, collateral inside of the email. So maybe you want to say, here's the top premium, you don't want to hit them with prices, but here's why this domain would be good for you. Here's why people want premium domain names. And there's lots of videos out there and things that you can include uh, in your email to help show some value. And then if there's any interest, please let me know. And then you can follow up in a few days and say, look, I'm just following up. Just wondering if you have time for a quick phone call. Um, I like to do that. So I'll do an email, a call, then I'll add them to LinkedIn because then when they see you've added them to LinkedIn, they don't know why, but the next time they get an email from you, then they kind of remember that they remember the name somewhere. They don't know where, and then maybe okay. they're more likely to engage you. And then you can go back into an email and you can try to call. And uh, the worst thing that happens is you get a no, but there's, I usually go email, call, um, then LinkedIn, then another email, and then a call. And then what I really like that works well is my sign-off email, which basically says, okay, I, if I'm wasting your time, I apologize. I'll end this uh, email. Uh, right? I won't email you again. And then sometimes they get defensive and say, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm interested. Just tell me about this or tell me about that. The, the kiss-off one seems to be the, the actual conversation starter in a lot of times. So opening email, then yep. another email, then uh, call? No, opening email, then call, then... Okay. LinkedIn addition, um, and then after the LinkedIn addition, wait a couple more days and then send a follow-up email, and then another phone call, and then the kiss-off email. And what would be a sample of the kiss of the kiss of um, Adam? It's, it's pretty straightforward. It's nice. It's polite. Um, I've been sending you a bit of information on the domain name, anxiety.com or .ca. Um, I noticed you haven't really um, been responding. You've opened them up, but I guess you haven't had time for a phone call. So uh, I'll leave you alone and uh, here's some information that may help you uh, in the future. And then I'll put something in there that's valuable to them related to their business. And then I'll say, reach out if you have time in the future. And then a lot of times you'll get response to that one. That's usually the highest response email. But the key is in every email to make sure that you have something in there of value to that client. So what, it doesn't have to be of value to you. It could be something to them like how to build a, a good landing page or for carpentry. How to? I'll send them a report on their website, like an SEO report. I'll send them a security report. Everything that's personalized towards them and their website so that they understand that I have some credibility. So that was, that was the next question uh, about personalization. Do you research your clients or do you do basic research? And if yes, then what kind of research before starting sending that first email? So I start researching the minute I get uh, an email that basically will say, um, if they send something that says, hi, I'm interested in this domain name, I basically will start searching, take the email, break it up, look at it. Is it a Yahoo? Is it a Gmail? Is it a corporate email? If it's a corporate email, 
check them out, make sure they're real. Uh, looked at their LinkedIn profile, see what position they're in, if they're in a position of authority. Are they a decision maker or are they just uh, somebody who's trying to find out and gather information? And if it's a Gmail or a Hotmail, I'll take that Gmail. I'll put quotes around it. I'll go see where they've used it elsewhere, see if it's relevant. Um, I'll also be able to tell if it's a new email because it won't be anywhere that they've ever used, which means they could have created it just to uh, get in touch with me to, to uh, use an alias for the domain name. And I'll use a bunch of different uh, ways to see where it's from. And then once I know who I'm dealing with, then I'll be able to uh, sell it. And at a, I'll know what price I can market at. I'll also hopefully know how big the company is, uh, how much revenue they ha they spend and stuff, because a lot of them will post it if it's a real business on their business website saying we did 10 million this year, or we did this, or we did that, or we only have three employees, or we've got 300 employees. The key is to know who your uh, buyer is, your potential buyer. And I've, I told you, I'll tell you that one of the things I like to do is if I can't find anything, then I send them an email and say, look, um, I can't take you seriously because you're coming from a Gmail or a Hotmail or a Yahoo. Please send me an email uh, from your business uh, email and then I can uh, I'll take this as a serious inquiry. And then usually they, they never get really pissed off about that. Usually within five to 10 minutes, they respond and they respond from their business one. And then I'm back to knowing where the who the company is and then I can go from there. So you have a way, even though it's a complete uh, alias, you have a way to try to steer it back to where it needs to be to give you the information because you're the one that needs the information to be able to make a good decision. But also sometimes your decision should be made on how much did I pay for that domain? How much am I happy with? But you also don't want to underestimate who's buying it and leave money on the table. And where do you, uh, where do you lead your prospects for buying the domain name? So you have uh, you have listed your uh, do you list your domain names in four or five marketplaces? I, I do, yeah. I list them on um, Uniregistry, Sado, Afternic, um, the ones that are with GoDaddy on GoDaddy, I, and I think I had them on Dan.com as well. So I try to list them in as many places as possible because uh, it gives you that chance that if they're looking for it, they can find an indexed link and get to it. But I also use a pricing strategy that I've told you uh, that I like where I list them for similar prices on some sites and then much lower on other sites. So that I've had people come to me uh, when they're dealing with Afternick and Sado, for example, um, they offer 2,800 and I go, no, I'm not interested. And then they go and they buy it for 2,400 on the other site. And that lets them know that they think they got a bargain. They think I didn't notice it, but I was happy with the 2,400 or 5,400 or whatever it is on whatever site that I left it on. So you can look at the commissions. Some of them charge 20%, some charge 10%. Uh, originally, I was changing the prices to reflect what I wanted to get out of it. And then I decided that there was a trend. If I made a mistake, it was good to be able to um, go in and take a look and see that they were buying it thinking they got a bargain. And uh, I was happy either way. So there's lots of strategy and mind games that can come into play when you're dealing with people who are buying and selling. And have you ever sold on your own website? Have you tried selling domains from your website, getting in all the traffic and... Uh, no, I, I mean, I did set up, uh, I think, adamdicker.ca a few years ago and just listed a bunch of them, but yes. it really didn't prove that valuable to me. I think the marketplaces with their already built up traffic uh, proved to be the most valuable for me. And and it's worked for me, too. If I go looking for a term and I'm looking for something to do with, uh, I don't know, crypto and I'm thinking about something and then I find another one called crypto marketing and I think, oh, that's a good domain or crypto marketer. I, I bought that one and I was like, oh, this is good. So. 
marketplaces serve for sellers and for buyers, and I think that they help. One of the things that I, I, I don't know, I guess we're going to talk about domain brokering later, but I have a strong yes. opinion on domain brokering as well. So lots of good stuff. So marketplaces, uh, you, you, you started with the unit registry. Why? Why do you start with the unit registry? Uh, I didn't really. I was mostly with Sato for a long time. And then uh, after GoDaddy took it over, I started yeah. to use unit registry because GoDaddy has more exposure than anybody anywhere. Um, and the power of people looking for names on GoDaddy and finding them available is huge and buying them from there. So I wanted my names to be listed through uh, GoDaddy. So I put them on Afternick. And then when Uniregistry uh, was taken over by GoDaddy, I thought, well. would, yes. yeah, yeah. I thought that I would get more exposure by listing them there. And being having them available for premium names was a good thing. And I can tell you that uh, there's a couple pending sales right now where I'm just waiting for people to pay. And both of those are right now through Uniregistry. So Frank actually created a platform that is still going out and becoming larger and larger. Yeah, I mean, I think the platform that Uniregistry has uh, beats a lot of other platforms hands down from what I've seen. But again, I haven't paid attention that closely to some of the other platforms. I just like the way it tells me. Uh, for, for one thing, what I do is I take a look at the traffic on the domains and then maybe I'll price them according to what page has the most visits and see if there's some price I want to do. Some I'll price, some I won't price because uh, I want to negotiate. But uh, there's a lot of features that I like there. I like uh, that I know that Epic has it as well, where they allow you to list domains, whether they're with them or not. And let's say I had uh, the other 10,000 that I didn't keep, that I let go in the last, uh, whatever, five years. I can go and look and see where they are. And when they're coming up for expiry, and I can grab them, even though I don't have them now, I can say, oh, those are still expired. Maybe I do want it back. So there's a lot of really cool stuff. And I'm going to give some people some really a really good tip now about how to find really good domain names. So this is where you, they want to have their pen. One of the things that I love to do is I love to look at old drop lists from anywhere from three years, two to five years ago, two to six years ago. And I like to look up what went in the top 50 or the top 10 or the top 20. You'd be amazed how many of those good names are, are available today for registration. So, and this works wow. for CCTLDs as well, by the way. So stuff that I wouldn't have expected and I couldn't get five years ago because somebody beat me out for it yes. now is available. And I've picked up some really, really great names by finding archives of old uh, CCTLDs, drop lists, and old uh, com and net and org uh, drop lists. And so, any, any samples? Uh, I'd have to think, but I can tell you that I've registered at least a, a few hundred like that uh, for sure that I would consider... Uh, definitely at least above the 5K mark that somebody thought was like a number one or a number five name at that time, and nobody noticed that they let it drop and it's available. So you'll, you'll now you're going to do it yourself. So now you're going to see all kinds of them. So one of the things I'm looking at building is I'm going to build a really big CCTLD site that's going to have listings of all the everything you could possibly imagine with CCTLDs, where to register them, where to pick them up on drops. Um, what dropped, what are the old lists that dropped. I mean, there's going to be so much stuff uh, regarding CCTLDs that I'm going to put together. It's great because I'm definitely concentrating a lot of my effort now on CCTLDs um, because I found the gold in, in them. There are hills, I guess you would say, as a slang. But okay. uh, 
but I'm, I also love comms, so that's not going to change either. But there's a lot more in this world besides comms and uh, .cas. Yes, and GTLDs are awesome as well. Many, many yeah. countries, more and more people actually start preferring the local extensions over .coms. Yeah, those are the the CCTLDs, not the GTLDs. The oh. GTLDs are the like .expert and .uh, oh. so. Yeah. Not a fan of those. Um, I am a fan of the .cctlds. I mean, the GTLDs are fine if they make sense. Like if you're going to register braincancer.info, okay, at least that makes sense. That's not even a GTLD. But if you're looking for hosting.company or something, okay, that makes sense. But I always, I always add a mix of these uh, these things. I always think with GTLDs, I think geo, 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 somehow yeah. just mix it up. <laughs> yeah, the only reason I remember them is because I was doing uh, CCTLDs was my original thing back in the day, CCTLDs and, and comms, where uh, I was in them right at the beginning. So there you go. Here's a question again from Studio. And of course, jump in with, with your questions. If selling directly. Okay. So obviously, if you're using the marketplaces, you should use their um, their service. Um, it depends on if I know the person, like if I'm talking to my interviewer now and he tells me he wants a domain name, I just push it to him and say, send me the money when you can. I have that with a lot of people right now in the industry where uh, there's trust involved with some people, but with people that you don't know, um, it depends on uh, the dollar amount, but most times you should send it to some sort of escrow transaction or um, that's pretty much all you can do if you don't know the person. Um, I would never do a here you go. Uh, I, I've done actually here you go to people, even when it's a $30,000, $40,000 transaction. But that's because I know them well and I trust them. And I've never been screwed on that. But I would definitely say use uh, whatever marketplace you're using or use escrow.com or any other escrow service to protect your investments so that you don't get uh, shortchanged and lose your money. Do marketplaces offer their own escrow, uh, escrow services? Escorts. Yeah. Escorts. Yeah. They may offer escort services too, but I haven't used those there. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, escort <laughs> services. Uh, Sato has one. Um, Uniregistry has one. Uh, anybody that I've used, Epic has one. There's a lot of them that uh, I think uh, Dan.com has one too. So I think they do offer some sort of uh, money transfer uh, system. It's in their best interest because then they get the money and they can take their commission and send it to you without your without their commission in it instead of have to wait for you to decide if you want to send them their commission or not. So. Yeah, most of them will have some sort of a payment uh, process in place. So you said that you would place uh, your domain names at four or five marketplaces at least. Yes. Yes. All the domains. Uh, so I, I suppose you have three layers of domain names, ultra premium, medium, and then handrages or something. Or do you have more layers like that? Uh, I would say uh, it's funny because one of my accounts is called AMD Premiums, which is my initials and it's premiums. So the only reason I organize them in layers is more so to make sure that the premiums and the sort of premiums always get renewed. It's not for selling uh, procedures. Oh, okay. It's for renewal procedures. So if there's a bunch of renewals coming up and I want to make sure that uh, the top ones get done, those ones I do a year plus in advance. So I don't uh, stand any chance on losing them. Whereas the medium ones there could be uh, for sale, could be reasonable pricing, could be uh, things like that. I'm Luckily, because of experience, I'm not buying any more of the, the third or the lower end uh, kind that I would just want to hold and hope somebody buys them. So, but that takes time to understand how to do. Basically, the, the general rule is if you're not going to build a business on it, 
and you can't see why another company would be able to build a business on it, don't buy it. It's pretty simple. If you can't see what business would want it and be able to build their company and their business on it, then you have no business buying that domain name because you're just buying it for some emotional reason, and that's pointless. It's Okay, I haven't ever, uh, no, uh, well, I have placed something on seed, uh, maybe one or two domains, but do you do you place or do you post all your domain names across all the directories you can or premium premium names go? Do those, do those directories, uh, that layer goes to those ones and those ones go there. So I don't split it up that way. Um, the really premium domains, I don't tend to post anywhere because uh, I'm not really interested in those kind of marketplace buyers. I'm more interested in uh, traffic to those names that will contact me directly or that have a corporate side that are smart enough or an IT side that will look up in who is or, or wherever they want to who owns the domain name. So it's another point that's good. There's no point in uh, hiding your who is information on names that you want to sell. Yes, you will get a bit more spam, but you'll also get more offers. The only names that I usually put in privacy who is are names that I have no interest in selling at this time and I want them to work to try to find me. Or I'm keeping them because I want to run a business. But otherwise it should be open season on who is for, for domainers. So the other premium names do not go to market lists, uh, to marketplaces. No, I'd say most of the really okay. high-end premium names don't go to uh, markets. Wow. Okay. Uh, here's here's a question from Gene. Good evening, Gene. When you're making outbound sales calls, what is your method of connecting? Okay. Very good question. So this is a bit of a tricky thing. And uh, I, I know Gene from uh, Facebook and a few other places. Great guy. He uh, also has some sort of a domain course. I know he's been selling. He's a great guy. Um, as Trump would say, he's just tremendous. No, I wouldn't do that to you, Jim. <laughs> um, he's a very punny guy, too. He loves puns. So what I do is, and I've done this before, uh, years ago, I learned a trick where I would call uh, somebody that worked at the company. I'm assuming we're dealing with a big company. I would call the wrong person on purpose. And I spoke to somebody at uh, Barnes & Noble in accounting. Um, I was trying to sell them a domain name. It was paperback.com at the time. And uh, I talked to the accounting guy. Let's say his name was Fred. And I, I said, uh, Fred, are you the right guy to talk to? And he said, no, I'm not the right guy. Knowing Fred in accounting wasn't the right guy. And then I said, Fred, should I talk to uh, Steve, the CEO about it? And he said, yeah, he would be in a better position to make the decision. Then I called uh, Steve's office, got his uh, secretary on the phone. I said, hi, I was just referred by the name and the accounting, whatever name I just gave. And I got right through to the CEO right away and I sold paperback instantly. So sometimes you have to use some sort of uh, tricks and, and sneaky ways, just like everybody does in sales uh, to get to the right person. Cause if I just call and say, Hey, it's Adam, I'm trying to sell you a domain name. Nobody's going to be interested. But if I came with a referral from the guy in accounting, then I get right through. So there's lots of ways to, uh, to, okay. That. So, uh, the first the first call is cold call uh, and it yeah. wouldn't go to a secretary or to office manager no so no because you're just going to get dumped but i also use to find that first guy i'm going to call i use linkedin to find out who's in a position that i want to talk to that's in the wrong position but would still be respectful to me on the phone because i was calling okay so. and you prefer it doesn't have to be accounting it could okay. be anybody and but what are the, the, the main preferred 
positions? Yeah, HR will shut you down. Uh, okay. Marketing will probably shut you down because they're in a position to decide. So you want to go to somebody in uh, some sort of tech position or something that knows they're not the right person to make the decision and isn't going to be rude enough to get rid of you. So it could be like even it's got to be a manager or a director. Yes. But it's got to be somebody who is respected by the CEO and known, and then you can get through. So it could be an attorney. It could be uh, could be anybody in a respectful position that you can go to. With this one, it just happened to be uh, the director or VP of accounting. So doesn't all, listen, it doesn't always work, but it's certainly better than oh. getting stopped at the door. I mean, you can also do uh, cute little things like send somebody a, a, a hula hoop and say, I know I've been running in circles trying to get a hold of you. And, or you can do all kinds of cool stuff. People don't get regular mail anymore either. You can get in front of them with a regular uh, letter. All they're used to is email that goes in their junk. There's lots of ways you can find uh, the person who is the decision maker, but you have to be ingenious to be able to do it. So sending the first emails, uh, I suppose, uh, like listening to all of this good stuff, you do not do automated emails. You do not do No, no, I don't. Everything's personalized um, with as much information as I can. Sometimes I've made connections because I know what college football team that's on their Facebook profile. And I know that I like the same team or I know that they live in Washington or that they moved from Denver. There's a lot of stuff that you can learn and create opening conversations and starters, but everything has to be personalized. It's been that way for a while, but it definitely, as of 2020 and on, everything you do has to be personalized. We all get enough spam and enough junk mail, and we know where all that goes. We don't even read it anymore. We just take it and put it right in the garbage. So everything has to be personalized. You have to get as much information as you can and somehow try to create a quick relationship. And that's why I do the initial email personalized, and yes. then I will pick up the phone. Because I know another email is just going to be considered as spam. I'll pick up the phone after the initial email. Then I have something to refer back to. Hi, it's Adam calling. I sent you an email yesterday regarding this domain name, and, and that's one way I did it. Another domain name uh, that I sold and is also an easier type of domain to sell is something that's close to something that somebody already has. So I had uh, pink slip loans. Uh, and it was in California, and then the gentleman had pink slip loan, and he was a payday advance type of person, and I called him. I said, look, I want to be fair. I want to be ethical. The guy down the street is trying to buy payday loans, and I looked it up and found out that you have payday loans. I don't think it would be very good of me to be able to do that. If you're interested in the name, I'll give it to you at the same price that I was going to give it to him, and then he bought it. That was a $10,000 sale for just keeping his uh, – his business intact. I wasn't trying to squat on his trademark. I was just yes. trying to unload the net domain name. So there's a lot of uh, pretty cool things and tricks that happen um, when you least expect it. You'll come up. You just have to think outside the box. You can't think like every other domainer who's just sending the same email. You know, we all get those emails every day. Your website needs SEO. Your, I have to look at it because I never know what domain they're talking about. It's always something that I'm not even trying to, to build. But uh, you all get those and they're, they're useless. They, everything happens. And, and from the other side, Adam, it does feel good. Yes. When, when you receive a call, let us say me or you, or we receive a call from a salesperson who knows whom are they calling? Well, and there, these days there's also lots of security things that you can talk to people about and, and you may not get a domain sale, but you may get something else. I mean, there's lots of uh, things, lots of reports you can run for and showing them look your website is at a 58 percent it doesn't meet google's uh, mobile stuff i mean you're not there's about 25 different things you can find and say that it doesn't have you don't have your own facebook url 
It's not personalized. You don't, you're not, you haven't claimed your listing in, in Yelp. There's tons of stuff that you can do to start a conversation. That's about them, not about you and not about, hey, I don't know if you've changed, you've claimed your Yelp, uh, but a lot of businesses in your area haven't and they've been using us. No, that's not the right way to do it. And timing is everything as well. When I moved into my house, which I'm in now four years, I was moving boxes into the house, moving into the house and a realtor knocked on my door and asked if I was interested in selling. And the worst part was she lives like a block okay. and a half to two blocks away. And I was like, are you kidding me? We're just moving in now. I don't know. I don't know what she was thinking. So timing is everything. You don't want to try the best days for emails or Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's, that's, the, that's the worst possible. That's the worst possible uh, question. Yeah. The, the best one would be to come in. Hey, congratulations on the, on the, on the, on the purchase. Yeah. You create uh, a relationship. Welcome to the area. Here is my yes. business card, just in the case. Yeah, um, if you hear of anybody that needs yeah. a realtor, that's how you do it. Not, are you ready to move? <laughs> um, and the best time, by the way, to send emails is Tuesdays or Thursdays. Mondays, people are swamped. They're not interested in your emails Monday mornings. Thursday afternoon, Thursday midday is good too. Friday, they're already getting ready to close down for the weekend. So ideally, you want Tuesday, Thursday afternoons or Thursday mornings or Tuesday mornings. They've had enough time to unpile the junk. Adam, it has been a while for you to be here. And I have one question I'm dying to ask. Telephones and international calls. Yeah. What do you so do you do lots of international calls? I wouldn't say lots, no. I would say um if I do, I'll use something like Skype or I use my uh Ring Central which has my own toll-free number that I get. Okay. Um but most of my calls are like I have a a, a desk phone, believe it or not. Um, and nobody has them anymore. Or on my cell phone, I have free calls to North America where I would say a huge portion of my calls go would be to North America. I am really worried on, on the bills, on international calls. And I have posted like a while ago, few maybe three, three, four weeks ago, I posted on my LinkedIn profile asking for advice for the best options for uh, wipe telephones. And I've got so many, like, sales are working somebody has found has somebody has provided leads and i've been getting calls highly targeted very polite professional salespeople. that's awesome but i wanted to learn of your your experience uh, quite um, honestly i haven't had much uh, difficulty or trouble with uh, overseas calls long distance calls uh, most of my calls would either probably be to australia uh, new zealand the uk uh, germany uh, that kind of area. So I, I wouldn't say that I've had a huge issue with uh, long distance calls. Even 10 years ago when I sold download.net, that was to Germany. And that was, uh, there were no issues at all with charges. But I mean, for me, like I, I think, I don't know if a lot of Americans have it, but I have uh, local uh, and unlimited long distance on, like I said, on my phone and my cell phone to North America. And that covers you for most things. Okay. And what are your bills for the communications uh, very if you, cheap if, if cheap. i may very cheap i think i pay 70 80 dollars for unlimited north american calling and okay. my stuff to the states skype is like uh, 15 20 bucks a month or whatever it is for all of europe and hundreds of other countries so never had a problem with it so skype actually does everything yes you'd yeah. say everything that i need now maybe for other people it doesn't but uh, for me it does yes Thank you. Thank you. I really wanted to hear your option before I started answering the, the sales emails and all that stuff. No problem. Yeah, it is. It is always about the costs, you know, yeah. you add this and that and that and then before you dive in. 
I'm going to just uh, take a second to put the light on in here because it's starting to get dark outside. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And good afternoon, good evening, everybody. It is awesome to see that we have 16 people watching. Welcome. Sorry. There you go. Welcome. And we have swapped times, actually. We've gone a bit later and on Wednesday instead of Sunday. How, are the, how, how is the choice of the days for you? Uh, for me, this is good. It's good. This is good. I think I'm uh, more awake than I am on a Sunday at uh, 10 a.m., but I'm, I'm in pretty good shape. This day is really good as well. Uh, evening, uh, this time is great for me as well. Evening, chaps. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, what about the LinkedIn? Do you sell on LinkedIn? No. No. I, I only use LinkedIn to gain contacts that I require okay. uh, to sell. I mean, I've had conversations with people uh, on LinkedIn. I've had people who inquire through other marketplaces and it shows me their email and then I'll go find them on LinkedIn. I may chat with them, but I can't remember ever selling anything through LinkedIn. Do you use uh, LinkedIn Premium? Yes. And has it helped you? Uh, no. Uh, besides, <laughs> like I, for in-mail, no, yes. it doesn't help at all. So, um you get different features and benefits, but I will say, no, it hasn't helped domain sales at all. Yes, that is something I wanted to ask you as well. As I've, I've tried and I've paid for the feature, but then I understood if you do not do automatization, then, well, you don't need or maybe yeah. I Plus, a lot of these people that you're going to contact are in higher positions and they're used to being added by complete strangers and ignoring them. So you're just one of them, unless you have a way or, or a person who can recommend you into that person. Yes. You're, just a, you're no more than a spam email in their email box. Or unless if you have 100, 100 uh, or just 200 connections, then you can't reach anybody. Then yeah. you might want it. I, I have lots of connections. I just find that even people that send me emails or in-mails through, uh, through LinkedIn, I find most of them are spammy and it's almost more insulting than being sent an email. Because now they're really almost reaching into my personal LinkedIn space to yes. send me junk. So I, I don't appreciate it. So I don't do it. I have noticed that as well. Have you started cleaning your contacts, your LinkedIn contacts from, no. from anybody that starts sending in, uh, out spam now? Um, oh, yeah. If I get something, it's the same thing as on Facebook. If somebody sends me spam on Facebook or LinkedIn, that's usually the last message they send me and I block them. So I would say yes, but I don't go through intentionally cleaning. No. Okay, so you do select the domain names. How do you select the names, the name names you want to sell? So out of twenty thousand domain names, you do everything. You do all the all the work manually. Uh, yeah, I'll say yes to yes to that. Um, and well, not totally manually. I'll use the uh, domain tool that I, I mentioned before. Yes. Um, watch my domains or something like that, so that I can kind of have you can put notes in there as well and it, it will give me some ideas of, of how to categorize them i can put the categories in a new field uh, so it's not completely on my own because I, I let that watch my expiries and things like that at different registrars ideally you want to get your names under one registrar or or if you buy them somewhere else and you're stuck somewhere it was a drop eventually you've got to move them into the one registrar or it's almost impossible to manage i mean i used to have one for comms and everything else and one for cas and uh, quite honestly, I, I do still have one for CAs, but I've been moving them into my other one as well. So, yeah. Talking about moving domain names. Yes. Which registrars are the friendliest ones and which ones would be to be avoided? 
based on your experience? You know, it's hard for me to say uh, which ones to be avoided, except that sometimes when you get drops at registrars that you've never heard of, they make it hard to move in or move out. And I've heard horror stories of people losing names because they couldn't figure out how to get it out or something like that. So I don't have any real horror stories about moving out or moving in. Usually, obviously, with the quantity of names that I have, I get good assistance from the registrar that I'm either moving to or moving from. Uh, I can't say I've had any real register woes, not in a long time. I bought, uh, I bought a short name uh, just for a, for the, for a, from a drop catching service, uh, y.io. So uh, u, u dot, So like YouTube, u dot dot io. And there's a single uh, letter, you mean? Uh, no, there, uh, so u as, as YouTube, u then dot dot then dot okay, okay. io in the ocean uh, quite 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 difficult to pronounce a french french service and they have interesting domain names and quite often they and they do catch many domain names as well european ones and i'm mm. interested in two letter ones so and just to be able to start using their service i i had to do one initial uh, purchase and i bought mm. this domain name un-s.com okay without any need i paid the 30 euros or something i thought okay i'll sell it for 100 easily how long has it been sitting there <laughs> almost 60 days almost 60 yeah. i'm waiting for the first 60 days to expire i think it, it could be easy sale no un-s.com uh, i don't know i don't like domains with dashes personally yeah. but uh, that's just me but a shorter one with a dash you may have a chance but it's not something yeah. i would pick up to be honest yeah, just put it out there and some domain could buy yeah. Easy, and then I did. I did discover that they have included some bronze package, and it is like fifteen euros per month or something. And you uh -huh. can get rid, and you can take it off. A hosting no package or something. Way. Something, yes, hosting some premium DNS or something. Well, well, well. <laughs> there you go. So, and which ones are you? Uh, which ones are your top? Your top, top, top registrars you love the most. So I use uh, one called Hexanet. Yes. Uh, that's one that I, I like uh, a lot. Um, I've used Epic. I've had no problem with them. I've used GoDaddy. I don't have any problem with them or their upsells. That doesn't bother me. Um, and for CAs, I use a company called Names Pro, N-A-M-E-S-P-R-O.ca. They're also pretty quick and, and very good with service, 24-hour service, basically. So. Never have a problem with them, but they only do, uh, well, they do others, but their specialty is .ca. And then, times by times, so once we start touching registrars, times by times, we can hear that registrars come and buy huge portfolios, and there are not that many good portfolios out there at all. Yeah. Have you been approached by your former friends from GoDaddy? Uh, it's, I think it's come up. It's come up once or twice because I know they have been buying portfolios. Yes. Um, so I'll say yes, um, I believe. Not something I'm considering at this time. Uh, I enjoy it too much, and uh, okay. I don't know what I'd do if I got rid of it. It's a real good uh, hobby to have that I enjoy. So I really never considered it. Uh, again, my wife would want me to consider it, but I won't. <laughs> so but have you received offers? I've gotten uh, things that say, hey, send us your portfolio. We're interested and we'll review it. But I'm not interested in doing that either. So I haven't done it. 
and you are not actively searching for the big sale like that. No, I'm not. Okay, and the main it seems reason odd, you... but I'm not. This is like the main side of your life, and that's the reason. Yes. Well, yeah, and, and I'm still uh, I still enjoy when I find a good one, when I sell a good one. I still enjoy all that. So it's it's not really all about money. It's uh, you have to enjoy what you do, and and uh, there's a lot more to it than just selling. And anybody who sells is going to buy into something else anyway, or do something else because they'll be bored. But I'm not looking to sell all my domain names. Some, yes, but not all. And usually those domains would be priced fairly or cheap. No, no, they'll be priced as a package, as a bundle. I mean, I mean, they would be probably an overall good price, but uh, I mean, you can't look at them as individual. It's like buying a computer. If you look at everything individually, the video card looks really expensive, and then you look like you're getting nothing for the RAM and so on. Yes. So, and then you get aggravated about the RAM, but really the overall package is good. So there's no point in complaining. So, nope. Nope. Okay. I still got another 20 years in me at least, so I'm going to enjoy that. So Plus, nothing. I can't trust my kids with the money anyway, so there you go. Who, who are the domainers that have sold their portfolios? Michael Birkins was one? Yeah, I mean, there's there's been uh, quite a few. Well, not quite a few. Maybe a half dozen in the last, I'd say, five plus years. I mean, obviously, um, Uniregistry, Frank did. Yes. Um, yes. And there's been a few, and it started way back... Um, when um, there was a, a gentleman, an Asian gentleman who sold his portfolio way back when, I think it was to Marketo or something back in the day. Oh, Marchex. That's what it was. Okay. So uh, Marchex, and, and that's what started all this. And then it just continued to to grow. But it kind of dwindled with pro portfolio buyings when parking sales and all that started to, to dwindle when parking revenue dropped. And are those guys still in the mains or... No idea. I mean, I was involved with a couple uh, that sold their portfolios. And from what I can tell, they're still in domains, but they got millions and millions of dollars. So they don't need to be, but they're still in domains. They're still in domains. Okay. Yeah. How would you sell a fourletter.com? So for that, I would definitely go to the uh, Google uh, in title and in URL. And I would see what companies are have the same name or are using the name in the or the acronym inside their company name there could be many many variations of it and that will give you a good list of who to start with uh, you can also google uh, if it's a two or three four whatever it is google companies um, in whatever city or whatever country you're in if it's a if it's a ca canada the companies that begin with go and, and you'll get a whole list of them and things like that and then you go from there and it could be and, and then if you have something like if you're lucky enough to have your third or fourth letter be an i you can yes. use that as incorporated or limited if it's an L, and then you can just go after the two-letter company and keep the L or the I there as well, because like SBI or whatever it is, and then you, you just know that they're SBI, SB, and it's incorporated. So, would you would you say if somebody wants to try selling domain names, mm -hmm. uh, would you say fourletter.coms would be easy niche to try out? I'd say it would be easier, but I would also say it really depends on on the letters. I mean. Okay. Uh, Z, 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 Y, it's not going to be easy to sell no matter what. Uh, but then again, R, T, L, I, that may be easier to sell. Again, it really depends. And what you have to do is even when you consider before you buy a domain name, look at how many possible potential uh, companies there are that you could sell it to. I do that a lot of times. I'll look, even something like, uh, I'm making something up now, but Space Shoes. 
if I was looking at spaceshoes.com, I would have to see that there's only two companies that make space shoes and realize probably it's not a good bet, even though yeah. it's, it sounds like a decent name. I'm not going to be able to market that. And talking about the tools, please watch one of the previous domain names. Adam went through many, many tools of his, show them on the screen how to use them, shared so much inside knowledge, like every domainer, both young and, and experienced, could, could benefit from. Here's a question from Jason. Good afternoon, Jason. So that, that's a very good question. Um, I would say uh, it's, and it's just a guess because I've never worked for either one of these companies. I would say it's actually uh, probably about, if I had to guess, I'd say it's about 30% domainers and 70% end users. And that's only because uh, Sado specifically is smart enough to go after end users for any really good domain names. Um, and they don't, they don't wait actively for uh, people to come, although they do come. But it brings me to a very good topic that I did want to talk about, and it's yes. about domain brokering. Um, so do I, I think that's about right. I, and it's just a guess, say to her after I can confirm it, but I think that a lot of the domains that I've sold personally through Sado and Afternic, uh, I would say that most of them have gone to end users. They have not gone to, uh, to domainers. That's not, that's not to say that, listen, I bought quite a few domain names off of Sado as well, just because I think that the price is good and I think I know what I can do with it, or it's a domain name that I want to hold or it's priced right. And I think it's just good for now. So domainers are definitely buying a lot. Domainers know about Sado and Afternic more than any yes. other industry, but domaining is still such a small industry based on what's out there. Sometimes I've listed domains on Sado uh, for sale, and then I've contacted eight or 10 companies. And I said, look, this domain is up for auction. Here it is. You're one of the people who could benefit from owning this domain name, and I'll send them directly to the auction link so I don't have to worry about more emails and paperwork. And what about traditional eBay? Uh, I haven't used traditional eBay in uh, probably 15 years to sell domain names. It was a time when, before the forums were out there, that was the only place you could find domain names. And I think I bought a couple of good ones on there. I, oh, I bought download.net off of eBay now that I remember, but that was a long time ago. Really? A wow. long time ago. Wow. One of my first domains I, I did sell was, uh, I sold it on eBay as well. Yeah, but that was that was a long time ago. The other trick that I have that I haven't mentioned yet that I like is, if I was interested in buying a domain name, I would call and leave a message on the person's home phone purposely when I knew that nobody was home and I'd offer an amount of money. So I would say, I remember one in particular, it was coloring.com and I wanted it for some reason at the time. And I left a message, I'm interested in paying $10,000 for coloring.com or whatever it was. And as soon as the wife heard that message, uh, it just happened to be the wife. She called me instantly and she was they got in a fight with her husband saying no it's we got to sell it we want it'll pay part of our mortgage we can do this we can do that and that was a really good strategy now it would work with both men and women both <laughs> of them will want the, the money. oh that's good and the man can there. and then the man can say whatever he wants he can say well the domain name is worth twenty five thousand or what yeah that's your imaginary money here's yeah. ten thousand we and, can and, right now. And now that I've tried that, then the wife will say, if it's worth 25,000, then go sell it for 25,000. If not, go get the 10. Yes, while, while it is there. Yeah, so I've had a lot of those. Okay, let's talk about domain brokering for a second. Uh, we uh, Can we leave domain brokering for the next time as we okay. are one, one hour, 10 minutes already in and we have few questions and please do to make these questions coming in and we have uh we have prepared already the title the main name brokering for the for the next time 
Okay. Um, so how to use the in URL feature. So what you do is you type into Google. Could in you share your screen, please? Uh-huh. Of course. And that is another feature we can do. So about these live streams, just follow up host Maria or 27.b if you are Latvian, ibf.lv. But of course, do follow hostmaria.com. Push that bell, and when Adam comes in, or other domainers, or Adam with other domainers, you'll be able to come in, ask your question, ask Adam even to show the, scre uh, the screen. And th this is this is what technology is today all about. Okay, so okay. I'm going to show my screen, and I've pre-set up two examples, not knowing that this question was coming. Okay. And you can see in this one, I put in URL. Okay, if we uh, could make the screen larger, please. Thank you. Larger. Oh, this, the yes. text, yeah. Yes, the text. Logic, so yes. what I've done is I've put in all in URL colon CMSI, and then it gives me whatever company has in the URL the word, the letter CMSI. And then I've also got in title CMSI. So it will show anybody that has anything in title that says CMSI, like Conservation Management System, Inc. You see, they use the I there for Inc, like we were talking about. So there's CMSI Technologies. There's all kinds of them. Center Multiple Success International. That's a, a Quebec company. Um, and there's pages and pages of these things. You can see they go on forever. So there's, and there's even LinkedIn that shows you. Here's some in LinkedIn that are CMSI that are probably decent-sized companies. Here's CMSI Alberta, CMSI2. And there's lots of things that you can do to find them. So that's the in-title one. And this one is the all-in URL, which means somewhere in their URL, they're using it. So if we mouse over, you'll see at the bottom, it's slash CMSI, it's CMSI-Alberta. Here it's uh, something else with CMSI, Computer Memory Storage Initiative. Well, that's a neat one. And again, CMSI. So you can see there's, and that's a forum, by the way. So maybe the forum is interested in it. Um, there's lots of different, there's companies working at CMSI. So there's lots of different ways that you can use this to figure out exactly how you want to do it. Awesome. Um, another question about renting out domain names. Thank you. Okay, so I've only ever uh, did a rent to own on one. It was a two-year contract. I never actually rented out a domain name. I would. I would see no problem with it. But um, I prefer the rent to own um, feature because you can get more money out of it. But sure, there's domains I would rent for a hundred bucks a month, two hundred bucks a month that are really good premium domain names that guarantee income. Um, and there is there are legal contracts that you can get uh, online that are out there now that have uh, outlined the process for renting. Escrow.com has a process where you can do uh, rent to own. Uh, okay. And then there's other places uh, where I did a two-year contract and I sold the domain name. It was a domain name that I didn't have any interest in owning any longer, but had a lot of traffic. So I, I got rid of it on a two or th I think it was two or three year and made good money off of it. It was, I'll tell you the name, even though it's slightly embarrassing. It was called adultsex.com and I didn't want it. So adult, I sold it. Adult, adultsex.com. Yep, had huge traffic. Like it had like 15 to 20,000 visitors a day, but I didn't have any need for an adult site. And I had somebody who offered me like, I think it was 30,000 over two years. And I was like, hell yeah, goodbye. Okay. So. Talking about adult industry in what, uh, six 10 hours yes in 10 hours we have next live stream with bruce and bruce is one of the one of the best known guys who buys and sells adult websites and businesses 
he lives in Thailand. And if you are, if, or if you are, or if you have ever been in adult webmaster business, you will know Bruce. He knows and anybody, everybody. Not me. I, I don't, uh, I have nothing against it, but I just, uh, yes. I haven't really delved into that. That's the, that's the business world. Yes. I've been known to browse around the web, but that's about it. <laughs> so uh, renting out domain names. So you would go to rent to own and you would use escrow. escrow uh, if I was selling it, if I was selling it on a, it's at least to own is what it's called. Um, and I would Please do that. Yes. But on a, you could do a, a rent um, and I have no problem. I know dan.com uh, does rent and you can, uh, you just put in how much and somebody can choose to rent it. I have never rented a domain name. And what would on um, what was your uh, technical side? Uh, for what? For for rent own, uh, lease own. Oh, all I did was I transferred the domain over to escrow.com. They changed okay. the DNS to him so he could use yes. it while he was paying it off. And okay. I really didn't have anything else to do with it except take my payments once a month and smile. And smile. Okay. And if the payments were late, then you would get the domain name. Back. Yeah, I think uh, I think that it's written in the contract that if uh, two payments are late, that you know, the the renter or owner gets to keep the domain name and all revenue uh, that they've accumulated up to then. So, uh, if it was late under the two and a half year on a three year, I would have been happy because I got to keep all the money and the domain <laughs> name. But he did not; he paid in full, and I uh, he got the domain name. And how is this model as for smaller domainers like me? I'm a Sunday domainer. And for me, it seems that this is the best way to sell uh, high-priced domaining for split payments, or is that the, the reality? Um, again, it depends on who you're dealing with. I don't have any problems with um, split based, payments. Based on your is, experience. Well, I don't have any problems with split payments. The problem is you'd probably have to get a legal document written up because if you don't have that, once they get the domain name and they've given you half the money or whatever is agreed upon, they don't have any real legal obligation to pay you the rest you'd have to chase them and to avoid chasing them a legal document would make things a little bit smoother so you would say do not worry much about split payments just go for the whole amount and then if if a person is really keen or a company then um not necessarily i'd be happy to do split payments on a domain name um especially depending on the name if it was a big price name especially so if I sold the domain name for a hundred thousand and they were giving me fifty up front and I knew I only yes. paid like uh, five thousand or five hundred for the domain name, I'd be fine and I'd make sure that I had like a one page or two page document done up by a a domain lawyer or a property person who could make sure you got the rest of the money. But no, I wouldn't worry about split payments uh, if it's a especially if it's a company, a corporation, or somebody ethical. But again, I wouldn't do a split payment on a domain I paid fifty thousand for for a hundred thousand. I'd have to get 75,000 up front or something to make sure at least I got back what I paid into it plus more. And about these five, six uh, high level domain names you have sold this year, uh, have you sold them? Have you sold any in split with split payments? I, I can honestly say no. Um, and the other hey. thing that happens with higher end domain names is usually it's a lawyer who reaches out to you and that's usually your first clue that you've got a pretty good uh, sale on the hook is it's usually a uh, over usually over 50 over 100 you're getting a lawyer reach out to you instead of the actual corporation and he's not even telling you who the corporation is you have to figure it out yourself so if you see that as and what is your basic reaction so you see a lawyer has it has approached you uh, usually it's a, a dance around the house uh 
okay. screaming and being happy. No, it's it's um, it's just something that's taken more seriously, but know you have more opportunity there. So it's knowing your audience. It's not saying that you should change your pricing based on who calls you. It's just saying you may have somebody who's more in the ballpark of what you're looking for when it's a lawyer. Not always. Lawyers will also lowball you. I mean, that's just lawyers are people. They're going to try to get it for as less as least as they can for their company they're working for. So let us let us play out this scenario. Uh, a lawyer sure. comes comes out to you and says, uh, "Good afternoon, Adam. Uh, you are you are your company owns this this and domain. Mm -hmm. We can see that it is undeveloped. Uh, we have a client who could be interested, who could be probably interested in buying this domain name uh, to to improve his uh, something. Yeah, or who could be interested? Yes. Yeah. So." And, what right. what 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 would you be your asking price? So price obviously, since, since it's the first time I've talked to you and it was a surprise, I would have to in my head decide, think about what domain it was, what domain I would be, what what a price I would have been looking for this domain name had I been trying to sell it on outbound, and then probably um, ask. Uh, I would try to find out what their ballpark was, and then I would price it according to what I would be happy with because it's a negotiation. So you'd have to price it based on what you'd be happy with, but knowing that you're probably dealing with a corporation with a lot of money. Um, it's quite famous that I, I let PW.ca uh, go to Price Waterhouse uh, too cheap. I um, They called me and they asked me how much for it and I didn't know who it was and I just ran, shouted out a random figure of $60,000 and they said, okay, and I, later on, I realized who it was and realized I left a lot of money on the table. So there can be a lot learned from previous uh, mistakes. So basically, in that case, I would say, look, I don't know what price I was, was considering selling it. I really didn't have it on the market yet. Um, I'm going to need some time to think about it and get back to you. And then I would go do my research and then I would get back to them. What is the bottom price for your uh, LLCA names? Um, I think, to be quite honest with you, I think I have them now at 200K um everywhere 200k yep and remember a lot of that is based on if you don't need the money or how much you need the money it's based on quite a few different variables it's also based on what what other sales have gone for and what the industry yes. dictates and that the market yes so history and everything there's a lot of things to consider is that the right price? Probably not for some companies and probably too low for others. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. How is the CA market, uh, LLCA market? Uh, do you, uh, have you agreed what are the bottom prices, more or less amongst yourselves? Is there some kind of syndicate? No. No, I would say that there's a wide variety of pricing. Yes. Um, just as there just, are... just a kind of agreement or understanding that you, you, neither of them destroy the market. Um, no, I would say that there's, uh, there's no understanding. I would say that, uh, it's just like everybody else. It depends what that person needs or what they want or how many they, somebody may look to sell five of them a year. Somebody may look to sell 10. Some, some may have not sold any and now they need it because something's happened. There could have been, uh, it's circumstances. You don't really know it's, and then there's other people that are retired. They've got plenty of money coming in. They don't care what they sell it for. They're going to hold on to their price and that's just the way it's going to be. So it, there's no standard across the board, certainly in .ca. And do you get inquiries? Uh, all the time. All um, the time. But I also do a lot of outbound, as usual. 
is uh, is LL outbound CA outbound sales strategy different? No. Again, everything is the same. Yes. Everything's the same, no matter which one you're you're using. I mean, you're selling widgets. It's the same thing. You're just dealing with different people in different countries, so you have to understand what how they like to be treated and things like that. But uh, generally, it's it's all about the same thing. Whether I'm selling an AG, an IS, a, uh, an IT, whatever I'm selling, it's generally about. Uh, it's a lot of it has to do with what what the price is and what that customer, what's that domain worth to that customer who wants it. How much is it going to help his business? I mean, that's it's really uh, the customer, the, the buyer determines the price, not me. Okay. Thank you. Uh, you know that I've got personal interest in strategies, LL strategies. Yeah. Yes, of course. And here's a question from Jason. Or not a question. Um, so, no, that's a... That's a good question. Uh, a lot of times you'll see that a domain will sell and then people will go out and they'll register a whole bunch of similar domain names. Um, I, even when I posted something about the MD sale, some people said, well, I have, uh, I don't know, ASMD. Would they be interested in that? And the answer is it probably doesn't make a lot of sense um, to go out and register a whole bunch of them. But if you can get something similar that could be a brand, then it's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with uh, data King selling for 4k and then owning data Prince or data queen or something like that, or, or, but going out and getting the data King or the real data King or something like that is pointless. Like a lot of people do or a data King, but data King is a good brand. Now they probably have a trademark on it somewhere, or they're going to, since they just bought the domain name. So you have to be careful about that, but there's nothing wrong with going out and buying uh, names that have, the ability to be a representative of a company, but not just quick changeovers or, or typos or, or variations of all of them. Here's a question from Studio. For .ca, do you need local residency? So you need uh, one of two things. You need to either have local residency or you need to have a company that has a Canadian office incorporated. And I find that's the same for a lot of CCTLDs. So for me to buy European um, CCTLDs, I need to have an office somewhere in Europe. So uh, yes, those are the two two answers. And I will say something else. I am, somebody yeah. asked about renting my domains. I'm quite happy to uh, give somebody a domain to develop and see how it goes. And and hopefully we both make money on it. I'm, I'm very eager for stuff like that. I do not have time to build out all my domain names. Wow. Uh, could you rewind and repeat, please? Something so if somebody wants to develop out anxiety.ca into a really big site on anxiety, I'm happy to, to share the name and then split the revenue when we actually sell it as a big name um, and build a big business on it. I don't have time to build out 20,000 domain names. So if you wanted something like vihosting.com and you want to build out a big, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that we could do. It could be, I mean, I have salads, not that uh, you'd want to build a big thing on salads, but there's all kinds of domains that I have that could be built into huge sites that I'm just never going to have the time to do. Did you have, you, sub, you have salads.ca? Yeah. Okay. I've got, I've got gout too. I mean, I've got I'm, all kinds of oh. dentures. I'm not going to be a dentist. I've got, yes. uh, there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, everything from yoga classes to, I don't know what, there, there's tons of stuff that I would never have time to, uh, 
I think I have uh, nectarines as well, and I, I don't know what to do with that, but it's interesting. I mean, it's all kinds of them. You know how it is. You get, yes. I have lots that I would develop into businesses, and then I have lots that I would uh, would see what happens because they're good generics. But uh, Are you harsh or dropping the domain names? Harsh? You, yes, harsh or strict on yourself. Like, I'm really, really strict. I'm, I try to keep only the top, top, top. So I'm not as strict, um, but I'm also... Um, and, that, and, that, and that pushes you to buy only the best quality possible names. Well, it goes I'll, both sides, both ends. Well, I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I reviewed a, a drop list for some CCTLD, not CA and not COM. And I found like 40 names in there that I thought would be good names. So unfortunately, I have to uh, control some of uh, my buying habits, but I found okay. some really good names. So... Uh, I'm constantly, like I said, any good domainer, whether you have a thousand names, 500 names or a hundred names, you're constantly trying to upgrade the quality of names you have without dipping into your own pocket. So in other words, if you sell a good name for 5,000 or 3,000 or 2,000, I would take one of those other names and I would, uh, I would drop some other stuff, move things around and take the money from the sold one and keep reinvesting back in, but taking some out as well. So you have to be able to, it's like stocks. I mean, if, if like I was talking about ripple, I bought ripple at whatever, yes. 20, I, 20 cents. Oh, you can, cents. Show your, you can show your coin. Yeah. And I, then, and then I, I uh, went ahead and I, I got some more at 24 cents and then I got this just for fun. Really? I, oh. I like ripple, but so this just came today in the mail, but so now I've got ripple at 60 cents when I paid 24 cents. So now I could okay. sell half of it and still have the original stuff I put in and still get a few thousand dollars out of it. That's how you have to operate domain names. You can't keep putting good money in after bad all the time. You just wouldn't do that in life. You can't keep putting in repairs to a house if you're not going to get the money out of it when you sell it. It's the same thing with a domain name. Absolutely. Uh, do you do repairs home yourself? <laughs> Absolutely not. I am completely useless except on oh, a computer good. or a TV. So absolutely <laughs> useless. I couldn't draw a straight line with a ruler. So there you go. <laughs> okay. Uh Studio actually says about your offer. Uh, you can get in touch with me, adam.dicker at gmail.com. Um, and uh, off we go. Fantastic. What? Yes. No, I, I was going to say, I would do that with anybody. If somebody has a really good domain name, I would be interested in, in uh, helping them out as well. But I'm happy to, to share one of my 20,000 names and say, here you go. Out of the out of the bucket, out of the bucket. Let us say five uh, five domain names that could go into possible partnerships like that. Um, there's only one that comes to mind, really. Like I have a few. Uh, ReputationRepair.com is one of the better ones. Oh, I love it. Um, I love it. I've, I also I... really like Internet Alerts because I think there's lots of stuff I can do for alerts for people. They can sign up. Everything from your site is down to you need better SEO to you don't have your uh, all the alerts that we have. Like uh, you, there's a trademark domain, trademark alert. Somebody's trying to infringe on your trademark. There's all kinds of them. And I've registered all of these domains with alerts.com. So there's WordPress alerts. Your site's not up to date with the latest plugins. There's there's so many different things that we can do with a site like that. That uh, There's quite a few of them. Let's put it there. And there. three more. Oh, jeez. All the pressure. I, honestly, I, I'd have to think about it. I don't. I don't really know. But there's, there's lots. There's lots. Okay, Adam. Uh, so at the end, at the very end, can I ask you history of DN forum? Sure. 
What would you like to I, know? I, I don't know what can I ask you or what I can't ask you. But uh, so when you bought it, it had around 100 members? Yeah, I think so. And I don't know the exact year, but I'm guessing it was about 2004, probably in that area. I could be it off is, by a few years, but I think so. There are lots of eyes at Digan Forum. I can, I can see that there. I can see that there are views. Definitely, there are views, mm-hmm. but not that much content. Yeah. Uh, is it possible that you are coming back there? Um, well, in life, everything is possible, so you never know. I, I don't have any immediate plans today of coming back, but uh, I'm definitely going to be concentrating a lot on CCTLDs, if that's any sort of hint. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, what are how is the selling on the main on the main forums like the end forum? Um, from what I recall, it was a better place to buy than to sell. Uh, there were good bargains uh, that were always up on the forums and blogs, um, but there weren't. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where people want to buy at wholesale price, but they want to sell at full retail. So. Buying yes. was always a lot better. You could get some really good bargains buying. And that's not just the inform. That was the inform when I owned it. And it seems to be most, uh, don't anything. I mean, if you look at those domain or Facebook groups, they're just a complete and utter waste of time. Mostly there's junk in there and it's all stuff that people would never even think about. So I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't consider ever buying anything from any, any of those groups unless they were premiums or somewhat premiums. But again, you have to look at each name and see, even on a forum, a blog, wherever it is, and see if it's a name a business could use to represent themselves in a positive light. And if it's not, and you can't see what business it could be, then don't buy it. And then remember, there's two. There's a couple different types of domains you're buying. One is domains you want to resell. Two is names you want to build a business on. Now, if you want to build a business on uh, ABC123, that's fine. That's up to you. But don't think you're ever going to be able to sell that domain name unless it has a business on it. So keep that in mind as well. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for another awesome, awesome conversation. And thank you all for sending emails both to me. And Adam, I, rec- I believe you, you start receiving emails as well, yes? I did. I actually, uh, I told you I had a, a couple of comments from people that were uh, wondering where we were last week and things like that. So, yes, yes. It's, it's good to get the, the emails, uh, but it's better to do a show uh, that people can benefit from. And that's what I feel best about. Next week, probably at the same time. Sure. Wednesday. If, if nothing changes, if nothing changes. Yep. I may be even able to do it sooner. Let's see how it goes. Sooner. Fantastic. About... Uh, how to broker a domain name how to broker it what to what to watch out for when you're dealing with a broker and how not to uh, what not to do when dealing with a broker what to and how to make sure you actually get transparency from a broker well, that's good mm. that's good do you do you have people who broker your domains your domain names just a- uh, Sometimes I let uh, Uniregistry handle some of the uh, smaller sales. Like, like I said, they're closing on a couple now that are about uh, 5,000 or so. Um, and they did one for me. They closed. Uh, they did uh, close a couple others for me earlier this year. So it depends. So thank you, everybody, for watching. Adam, once again, uh, huge, huge thank you.
absolutely so much knowledge experience uh, that does help go go <laughs> yeah he knows i'm a cowboys fan so there you go and and once again the best way is to contact you um you can contact me on my cell 416-884-0535 you'll need to put a plus one if you're calling from europe so plus one four one six eight eight four zero five three five or email adam.dicker at gmail.com and i will answer myself there's nobody here to help <laughs> and is your uh adam uh, adamdicker.com is it live no, it's because uh, I'm doing so much more with the CTLDs and a whole bunch of really cool stuff. Uh, I've got all of our videos there and ready to go, and I'm doing a whole bunch of other new stuff. So it's going to be a wealth of information and uh, no charge for pretty much anything. So what can we say? Go to adamdika.com, do sign up, do put in your email address, and you'll get a notification when the website is live. Yes. Fantastic. Thank you. And please share this video. Let other domain uh, domainers know about these live streams and maybe you want to join in, maybe even together with Adam. And I'm planning to put up a panel of domainers and let us let us bring these live streams to the next level. Thank you for watching. And of course, Adam Dicker, thank you. Thank you.